Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. I'm Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Meitch. And this is a podcast about whatever grand subject we think we're going to start hammering away at. What have we chosen this week? We, we discussed happiness as a topic. a little echo indifferent this week Ivanka are you in your usual hometown of Brighton no I am not Michael I am on <laughs> the Croatian island of Brač in a small place called Sutivan and I am currently in a building site <laughs> okay wearing a woolly hat and a puffer jacket uh, but I've got internet and I've got electricity. So oh, what, splendid. what more can a person wish for in these modern times? <laughs> uh, well, and what's your connection to this, this place? Well, um, Is it just a nice place? It is a nice place. I do know people here. I've visited people. Uh, so my father's oldest friend lives, has a house here. And we come and visit them every summer. And last spring... Last summer, yeah, last summer, my husband and I uh, stumbled upon a house that we could afford. So we've bought a house here, and now we're doing it up. Well, we're not doing it up. We are paying people to do it up. Some builders are doing it up. How are the builders? Are they all right? They are all right, yeah. Okay, that's that's, uh, half the battle, isn't it? It is, it is. So I understand I've never... I live in a house that my... I live in my girlfriend's house and she went through all that to get it kind of done, but I have absolutely no idea of what is involved in these things. It all sounds very stressful. Well, I think I don't find it particularly stressful. I think it's you have to accept that you're doing something remotely, that it's a luxurious position to be in, and mm. so far we seem to have got away with choosing st- tiles via WhatsApp. <laughs> Excellent. So, <laughs> so uh, and you know, whilst it's lovely, and I'm very, very happy that this is kind of a bit of a childhood dream come true to have a house on a Dalmatian island. Um, it is not any a sort of super high end, super luxurious. It's, uh, but it is very, very nice. So not yet. Not well. Uh, <laughs> you got to. I think you have to. If you are doing up a place, you have to spend within what's reasonable for the property. So, mm, okay. you know, so we're buying, we're going on affordable tiles and that kind of thing. So it's okay. It's very nice. I had hoped we'd have a chimney, though, by now. Because <laughs> all it, this renovation... there's a hole where there should be a chimney? Or uh, a... No, no, there's a chi- the chimney goes all the way up to the roof, but hasn't gone through the roof yet. So... Oh. And all so this really renovation chimney, work actually started from hmm we really need a chimney if we're gonna come here in winter and they were like well if we're gonna build a chimney well then we might as well and then oh well if we're gonna do that then we might as well and so we might as well doing everything that we want to do in one go okay so nice. there you go uh, so here i am so that's where you so you've been traveling a lot this week and you're kind of home for well you're away for yeah the holiday season yes we we tend to drive across europe um, so we have a, a camper van or a van we can sleep in but not cook in uh, and we have driven here uh, lots of people it takes in winter it's taken us three days some people would think that that was a ridiculous road trip but it was part of my childhood to be carted to and from Yugoslavia mm. to England 
You were you're, where are you, are you staying in hotels or is, is this a sort of some sort of self-contained van you can sleep in? Uh, summertime we always stay in the van, but as we have a small child and it's winter, we have stayed in cheap motel type places. So mm. nice. we used to um, we used to drive through Europe every year to visit my grandparents in Cologne. Uh, so it would be my father driving a car with seven, six or seven children in it. Um, and it would generally break down in France on the way back and be a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> it was just always this, these cars that we used to drive, well, Ford Escort, uh, just had a tendency to uh, die mid-trip pretty reliably. So, yeah, I just have memories of being uh, brought through France in, uh, like, sort of on a tow truck <laughs> and my father melting down with stress. Um, <laughs> but it was nice out there when we got there. It was, uh, we got, yeah. Uh, my, it's funny how grandparents are allowed to give you ice creams every day, which you don't yeah, get at home. Even, at, even in winter? Uh, um, well, this was summer we'd usually go, so... Oh. I think Christmas. I think we did do a Christmas there, but yeah, it might have been a different thing. But there's probably ice creams at Christmas. Well, we're these uh, friends of my father's who live down the road uh, and w who we are staying with. They are effectively sort of grandparent age, and my child has been overindulged with chocolates and ice creams, even though it's winter time. But you know, that's the. Uh, it's cheating, really, isn't it? I'd say. <laughs> it is. Well, they, she did have an ice cream confiscated till after lunch, which was the most sort of parenting type activity they've done. <laughs> Mostly they just <laughs> like, okay, you want some more chocolate? Oh, go on, have some more chocolate. Um, but yeah, so here I am, slightly echoey, but nonetheless committed to our little project, our grand project. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if we, our grand little project. <laughs> project. Yeah. If we can, uh, and if we can keep going through this, then we can keep going through everything. Ahang, <laughs> as Limmy would say. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Limmy on YouTube this week. What is Limmy? And Limmy's a Scotch comedian, Scottish comedian that uh, has a very thick Glaswegian Glaswegian accent, mm. um, and uh, some very good observations. It's also a Flash developer. Oh really? From the old school. Yeah. So he's. Uh, but you got his TV show. Does very he, good. Anyway. Does he make nerdy jokes about Flash? No. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like me if I was Scottish and sort of a bit more successful and a comedian. So very different. But he does like music production live streams sometimes okay. where he just kind of makes joke songs, techno. Don't know why I'm, I just, what a, what a tangent to go down. <laughs> I'm going to look you up. Um, so yes. What about you? Have you been anywhere this week? I haven't been anywhere, but I've had a very kind of an intense week. Um, uh, I, I decided it was time to start earning some money. Did I? I said that, didn't I, last week? But yeah, I, I, I've been sort of interviewing for jobs. Um, and yeah, just as I was about to take one, like another one came out of nowhere and I just sounded much more interesting. So I'm taking that and it's, it's hopefully got a bit of social value and, and kind of connecting with some of the stuff we were saying about the meaning conference. Um, and I've got my four days a week. That seems to be fine. So I'll be able to do our podcast record every Friday and have a bit of time to edit it so that this should keep going. But it does mean that my, um, 
regular everyday kind of instagrams are going to drop off because i'm going to be at work i'm afraid <laughs> because you guys haven't paid me on patreon <laughs> no one's bought my album and like this is no route for ma- paying the rent um but no it's fine I, and i was feeling just as i was feeling like nobody cared about anything i was doing suddenly i, I sort of posted a video on on um someone got in touch with me from some big sort of music tech website and asked if i'd make them some videos and apparently all of those people had been like watching my videos and deciding what sort of thing they liked best and yeah go. like they've even sort of like i think as a little bit of a carrot future carrot stick thing they're like well maybe yeah we are looking for sort of like uh someone to present the synth content on our thing and like maybe you could, and i'm like oh i could be a presenter <laughs> a youtube presenter and people would look at my face and i would show them how to use synthesizers and then i would be famous <laughs> Don't mock it. There's all those video things you see about young children who run YouTube channels and are millionaires. You know? Yeah, well... Um, you could be one of those uh, YouTube millionaires. Far from... Uh, yeah, well, I think to do that, you need to find... Uh, I think that's unboxing or gaming and stuff, isn't it, for that? Or just pretending that you're scared by stupid computer games um, and being slightly racist. <laughs> one of your Brighton... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm alleged... Well, I mean, some fairly outright uh, things on certain certain YouTubers. Um, uh, No, no, well, I mean, it's just like there's hope that maybe in a few months' time uh, maybe I can, like, sort of not have to work all the time at that point. Although although I think um, I've had a really good um, stretch this year, so it's probably time to do something a little bit more like people want instead of what I want to (laughs) do. That's one way of putting it. I haven't thought about it that yeah. way. Hmm. Anyway, it's like the cusp of the cusp, the cusp of giving up, or kind of like feeling like I'd had enough, and then you know the universe sort of threw me a bit of a bone this week and went, "Oh, don't give up completely." <laughs> yeah, so that's um, that's fine, and yeah, so so I'm going to start in on that tomorrow. Um, Excellent. And have a little bit of, and I'll be able to enjoy my Christmas a bit more because I'll know that I've got some money coming in. Very good. So when and do you start? Be freaking out tomorrow. Tomorrow. And then I'll do a couple of days next week, and then I'll be kind of working four days a week in the new year. Blimey, what day is it tomorrow? Friday. Yeah. So you're starting a Friday before Christmas. Oh yes. I don't think it's going to be the most uh, productive day, ever. high quality day <laughs> to be starting. With. We'll find out I where mean, the kettle is and. You know, what their fire routine is and how often the fire alarm is tested. <laughs> <clears throat> I have a... Uh, we'll see. I think it's going to be a bit more intense than that. Um, <coughs> Sorry. That's all good. Was I dissing your new job? <laughs> no, 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 no. That would be the normal situation, but I think it's going to be like jump in with the founder and another guy that's been doing loads of tech exploration and kind of try and get everything out of their brains into my brain as quickly as possible so that I can uh, be thinking about it um, in the back of my head. So you're going to be working with the founder? Yeah, and also it's backed by a, a South African rich person hmm. uh, who wants to do philanthropy. So uh, we'll see if I've learnt from my mistakes there. <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous. <laughs> At least I'll know the warning signs. Yeah. I'll know what to look out for. <laughs> and hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> Actually exciting. So. Come out of this project destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ubuntu.
Shall we move on to our topic? <laughs> See, I was, I was reluctant to commit wholeheartedly to our topic because uh, I know you know a lot about happiness. You've read a lot about happiness. You've made an app about happiness called Happiness. Yes. So I feel like I'm going to be missing references. Uh, well, but, you know, um, maybe I can just make shit up this week completely. Not I think I think like you've you know we've we've both been around long enough that we have some opinions on these things. We do. Uh, but yes, it, I suppose it's fair to say that I have spent a lot more time thinking about this in anger. In anger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, reading. I did quickly last night go. I did read that book, that happiness book, that stumbling upon happiness book. Oh yeah. And I, I quickly found it on my Kindle, and then I was like, that's not really what I'm reading at the moment. So I, I refused to refresh my memory about what it was in stumbling upon happiness that was because I bought it for somebody at least and I think you recommended me the book in the first place yeah and I'm trying to remember which that one that was it's quite a big one Daniel oh you Gilbert. might know if it's something yeah uh, but it um, was uh, so here's my poorly remembered theory number one hmm. <laughs> it's mostly about not wishing your life away and being present hmm. in the moments that are here Yes, most knowledge about um, how to be happy involves, yes, being in the moment. And um, because, yeah, most of the things that make you unhappy are either worrying about what might happen or remembering bad things that happened. But a lot more worrying about what might happen because um, it's weird because, yeah, as you as you move through your life, what's behind you is one thing, but what's ahead of you is a multitude of possibilities at any one moment you, you are faced with this multitude of unknowns and um if you you know and your kind of attitude to those unknowns and the things that you're anticipating will have a pretty profound effect on your on your happiness um but i mean i should we start i mean this is i don't know uh, we could start off by saying i mean would you consider yourself do you are you happy yeah i'm happy i'm a happy person yeah have uh, okay I have, uh, like everybody, surely, I have days and times when I'm not, uh, things that I'm not particularly, that don't particularly make me happy or I don't feel happy when I think about, mm. but I've got, that was, I've got plenty of blessings to count when I'm feeling miserable, I think. Mm. What about you, Michael? Are you happy? I think I'm I'm pretty pretty much happy. I mean, I, I've got sort of a nice sort of um, bedrock of a really good relationship and a very supportive uh, partner. And um, yeah, if 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 I'm unhappy, it's because I mean, I'm just feeling a bit disappointed at the moment that my um, my year didn't go better and that no one likes my album and that you know I can't seem to get any followers on anything. But it's I don't know. It's like. I, I, I'm sort of feeling I'm, I'm I'm sort of looking for some value in the world and that's one of the reasons but I'm feeling a lot happier having kind of nailed down a job that sounds interesting and I think um, for me I think um, yeah I need to sort of feel useful like um, and that yeah comes down to feeling like I'm kind of helping people somewhere or another even if I don't realise that's what's making me feel better but it's either yeah I don't know um, was that that was a bit roundabout I think I'm okay. I think I'm just on the cusp. I'm kind of... There's lots of short-term things that are sort of, like, um, 
uh, trying to uh, trying to get on top of me, but I think I have a good enough foundation and understanding of of what to take seriously and what not that I would call myself happy enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, God, I quite I uh, so there's a few. I've got there's a couple of things. One, true. Does nobody like your album, Michael? Is that true? I know, that yeah, that's truth? definitely some uh, that's definitely some all or nothing thinking there, isn't well, is it? That, is a, that you uh, fishing? Mm. No, no, it's not. It's not me fishing. Oh. It's um, I know. I'm just thinking of this PR campaign, and it's got all the reviews back, and there's just this average review of three stars or slightly lower now, and lots of people saying just like just a bit nonplussed. But um, and then I kind of thought, yeah, probably right. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, mm. uh, but, uh, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, considering I did it pretty much on my own, I'm, you know, it's still pretty good to have done something like that, especially when I recorded it very quickly. But you know, I was hoping it would click a bit more. But you know, and it, I've been waiting a long time to find out if anyone, you know, if it clicks. But it hasn't quite had the. I was I sort of did it to see, and then kind of two years later, it's like I still haven't seen, and it's got blown up into this slightly bigger thing. And then it's just trying to remember that the spirit in which it was created was you know, relatively throwaway, albeit a culmination of a lot of experiences and work. <laughs> I, no, I, I like it. I, I like am listening to it. I listen to it. There's, quite, there's a lot to like, uh, i um, Well, this is the thing. Like, I, I think if, like, you, you, it's a choice. It's it's a choice whether you are looking for the positive or negative, isn't it? Like that's that's something I realised after a few years of um, trying to understand happiness was I'd realised I'd got to a point where there was um, I was in the habit of looking for the negative in any situation, and probably still am a bit. But um, you and then um, I didn't realise, you know, after a certain point, I realised I'd taken that to such an absurd degree that there were so many good things that I could be looking at, but I was choosing to look at this one sliver of things that I wasn't quite happy with. It's like sort of, um, I always imagine, like, I'm in in a room and the sun's coming through the window and so the bright areas are the happy areas and then there's the shadows. And I was sort of like moving, the sun was kind of rising or whatever and the, sh- the, the sunlight was sort of getting bigger and bigger and I'm just kind of like moving further and further into the corner until I'm sort of like crouched in this one sort of sliver of um, <laughs> darkness even though all I have to do is it would be so much easier just to step across and just not worry about the little dark corner because um, it's, yeah, and, and that kind of made me appreciate, you know, people say it's, it's a choice, isn't it? And I, I always thought that was kind of naive to think that you can choose to be optimistic because well there's clearly so many bad things um but um then i thought yeah well i mean it's basically there's a million ways you can look at it and it all comes down to your perception of the world so you might as well try and be a glass half full person yeah. just because i you know if you apply the same if i applied the same creativity to finding the glass half full as i do as I was doing sort of unconsciously to finding it half empty. Um, it's easy. I think I, the, I think there's something, I was going, 
I was trying to decide if it was a British cultural thing or just people. I think there's something about being negative or criticising things or finding mm. what's wrong that is associated with cleverness and seeing mm. what's positive or good about association, uh, a thing is associated with some sort of naivety or stupidity or Pollyanna-type, look-at-the-rainbow type attitude. And yeah. I... so. Often one encounters in a work situation and in life people who kind of, um, you know, there are plenty of people, with the internet being what it is these days, there are plenty of people making themselves a podium, making them, giving themselves a platform to chuck mud at what other people are doing or finding fault with what other people are doing or criticising. Yeah. Actually, it takes... It actually takes a lot more energy and creativity to take a shitty situation and try and find some positive way out of it or try and look for a solution. And I think there is a, you know, there's this sort of uh, creativity of in an engineering way and creativity in an artistic way. And engineers often uh, veer on the, on, you know, tend towards that whole breakdown and find the problems. But that's partly, I think, so that they can understand in order to invent a solution. Um, but then you've got this sort of intellectual critiquing that really gets on my nerves. Uh, it really does. People who sit there, you know, writing blog posts about, you know, approaches to design or products or how these people in this company could be doing their work differently. It's like, well... Go, you go and do it then. <laughs> you know, you go. Well, you go and do it then if you're so yeah. clever. And it's and it's yeah, it's like the internet. I've seen so many um, on YouTube, like the Last Jedi. Oh, how Mark Hamill thought it was terrible. Like all Don't these clickbait. Don't talk about it. I haven't seen thing. it yet. No, I haven't seen it yet either. Um, I'm sort of saving it till the new year. So I don't know what happens, but. Um, there's this there's this market for having the opposite opinion mm. uh that people just you know it's it, and it's either you know just clickbait or it's just trolling yeah, yeah, yeah kind of going um oh well most people like this thing and it's really good and it's you know it's it's you know it's a lot of work and it's you know it's not intended to you know be as important as all that um, <laughs> but there's always someone ready to kind of jump into that kind of those trousers of um yeah, yeah here's everything that's wrong with it yeah. you know i've been watching a lot of videos recently about the everything about everything wrong with the everything wrong with youtube channel <laughs> um where this guy just sort of like kind of reels off a load of nitpicky nonsense that's sort of not that funny and I sort of unsubscribed from it a couple of years ago because I was just like what is this is stupid but it still kind of gets surfaced at the top of YouTube's content for whatever reason and it's just utterly just um yeah it's, it's sort of created by someone that was a bit of a kind of viral marketing expert mm. and they kind of started doing this and it's kind of cynical and it's kind of shoddy and it's just but it gets them makes them a lot of money yeah it just reminds me of that sort of sniggering beavis and butthead type behavior like <laughs> it's like, 
you know, when I was... But even that, at least they seemed to be having a good t- time. Yeah, like, this is even worse, they were fun. you know? Yeah, they were having fun. Because I, I don't know what it is. I mean, when I was, I don't know, 14, 15, 16, certainly, you know, being that teenage type, yeah, it, it wasn't... It's almost not cool to find things nice or fun or yeah. to be elated by things. It's much more cool to find things dreary or boring or, I don't know, you just kind yeah. of like admitting in school that you really enjoyed an essay topic it's just not cool <laughs> so, wow and i certainly never would have uh, <laughs> no. i mean i i I, I, like, I mean I, I even with the best will in the world i'm still a very kind of low-key <laughs> expressor of excitement about anything i mean like, oh, yeah, it's good but you know and, and that means i thought it was one of the best things i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Well done. Yeah, nice. Cool. So I like that. And then people think I'm being sarcastic, and I'm like, I'm not. I really liked it. What do you want from me? Jeez. I'm doing my best. Um, <laughs> but so they... it's a lovely jumper. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I don't think I'd been happy and, like, really kind of experienced happiness until, like, my relationship in my mid-twenties. I suddenly kind of got to experience what that kind of, like, full, like... And and it was sort of like my brain had become fully activated. And I thought, oh, I used to think that being happy was just being, like, not knowing. Like, just being too stupid to understand (laughs) how much there is to be unhappy about. (laughs) But, like, when I was feeling happy, it was like I was... I got... I was cleverer. And I was funnier and like people around me were sort of like, I sort of thought, I saw this thing of um, the happier you are, the more it's like, the more you have, the more you get. Um, And yeah, certainly. Yeah. And I've always been sort of self-fulfilling prophecies of the depressive, (laughs) Um, uh, like sort of frustrating because it's like, oh, everything's going to go wrong. And then when everything goes wrong, it's like, I knew it was going to go wrong. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's because... Because you're a miserable fuck. Um... (laughs) But there is that uh, on the subject of biology in our brains. When we are happy, we are more creative. If we are afraid, angry, scared, we are our brains narrow down into flight or flight, and we can't mm. then think creatively. And that you know that's just a, a, <laughs> that's just the way we are. Um, so we can we can think much more broadly when we're not terrified or sad or unhappy or trying to get out mm. of something. So, you know, there are there are s- serious benefits to feeling happy or learning how to help yourself not feel sad. Um, mm. And some situations, it's really, really hard to f- see the positive, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and there's sometimes you do, one one does have to take some time and just accept the, the unhappiness chemicals for a bit um, yeah. and recognise them. But I think there is there are things certainly as i've got as i've got older um there are definitely things that have made me very happy unhappy over the years but i i sometimes i think i'm better at knowing what i need to do to shake myself out of it instead of wallowing Mm. or dwelling too long um but yeah you know well and this this was this was um this was where my app came from as well um 
because I thought, okay, happiness is something worth having. And the first thing as an engineer that you want to do to improve something is to start measuring it. So, and especially knowing that um, the way we feel now colours how we think we will feel in the future and how we felt in the past, like really strongly, to the point that you can do an experiment where you can put some people in a room, feed half of them and ask them, well, feed half of them and don't feed the other half, ask them how hungry they're going to be in six hours. The ones that have just been fed just say probably not that hungry and the ones that haven't said, yeah, I'll probably be really hungry. Depression gets you because it makes you kind of it colours your memories as well and colours your predictions. So you're feeling bad now and then that means that you think that you will always feel bad. Whatever you imagine sort of feels like it's going to feel bad. Yeah. And then when you remember stuff, it's kind of coloured with it as well. So um, as a scientist, I thought, well, let's, let's, let's capture the data at the time. And it's much harder to kind of be able to say kind of these statements like I've always been unhappy when you can go, oh, but I did think that I was happy two weeks ago. So I've got to take that somewhat seriously. <laughs> yeah, but that's a, that's a known thing, though, isn't it? Sort of diary keeping as a, as a way of um, helping people who suffer from depression or who aren't that sort of... Um well, I mean, I always found it a bit... I mean, I, found, I find the kind of sit down and write your feelings or kind of try and fill in this CBT form pretty... It's just like homework when the last thing you want to do is homework. Because unhappiness is cathartic, right? It's quite addictive. Hmm. It's sort of like, oh, I feel terrible. I want to... You know, crying is cathartic. And um, feeling bad is sort of like... You kind of... You like it in this sick way because it's like because you sort of feel like you know um and it's sort of the idea that you want to shake yourself out of that even is is especially when it's going to take work is like well i'm fine like this i'll just uh, do this yeah on the on the so i get that crying is cathartic because i've long held this theory that a lot of books that people say are good books they're just confused because the book made them cry and that felt good so they think the book was good (laughs) Which I'm not entirely convinced is true, but um, so I get that crying is cathartic. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'm not sure that feeling depressed is cathartic, but you can be. Uh, I can. I'm not going to speak for you. <laughs> I certainly can indulge myself if I'm feeling low, and then I can kind of. I have to watch that I'm not overindulging it. Because it is, it, it is work to not indulge sadness, I think, or, dep- I don't know, is sadness, depression, are they the same thing? No, like, so I think, um, yeah, it's important, as uh, um, Inside Out showed us, it's important to allow sadness to kind of, it's important, to, you should, like, feed it a little bit sometimes, just so you can get to that point of, um, yeah, that cathartic state, that then you can move through it um, and kind of, like yeah, if you can sort of cry it all out, or other people can see that you're sad, then um, are you that can help you get through? Are you it referencing sometimes. that animated movie Inside Out? Yeah, of I've course. not seen it's it. Brilliant. Oh my goodness, why? <laughs> it's one of the best things I've ever seen, and it's one of those things where I'm like, how did you even? How did where? How did you even come up with this? Oh. And I've sort of seen a little bit of talk on it, and there there is some sort of like theory behind it, behind the thing, the choices they made, but. Like, it's just absolutely incredible piece of work. Okay. Um, so, yeah, right. Pixar. I mean, if you're not... Like, all the Pixar stuff is 
Yeah, yeah but I'm, you know, I've been saving up a few of these kids' movies till I, a, till I have to watch only kids' movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I, I, I certainly, I've watched all the Pixar films more than once. Like, I think they're some of the best things. Okay, all right, all right. Inside out, um, inside <laughs> out. Okay. <laughs> I've had some nice things on the subject of counting your blessings. I, uh, yeah. my little toddler and me picked some tangerines off our own tangerine tree. How cool is that? Imagine, Imagine that. Imagine that. It's very exciting. How are they? They're very, they, very nice, actually. They're nice. They were very they're nice. They're not sort of horrible. They are not horrible. They are nice. <laughs> they are easy peelers. <laughs> I don't know. That winds me up. What? what <laughs> the term, the word easy peelers. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, like, I was almost just going to jump in with, oh, have you seen how these supermarkets are calling them easy peelers? <laughs> like, what? There's already a name for this fruit. Why are you coming up with a horrible That's name? You have the ones that have the horrible skin that's really tight onto the flesh, and then you have the ones where there's a bit of a gap, and they're easy to peel. Michael, come on. Push, push. <laughs> anyway, so we I did that because oh, the house that we bought has a garden that has fully grown tangerine trees on, and we've planted an orange tree now uh, to add to our collection, and it's got lockwats. Everyone wants me to cut down the Lockwood trees. Do you know what a Lockwood tree is? I do not know what I a Lockwood tree is. I did not know what a Lockwood tree was until I bought it's this like house in the garden. No, it's like a soft, sort of like peachy apricotty, but it doesn't have a stone inside. It has seeds. Mm, mm. Don't know. I think it, I read about it on Tinterwebs, and it's supposed to be from China or somewhere. But it's evergreen. But it has big leaves, but it constantly... So it's kind of evergreen and deciduous at the same time, so it's constantly shedding leaves. So all mm. the neighbours hate the leaves, and I've got three giant shade-throwing lockwood trees in my garden. Uh, and I frankly enjoy the shade in summertime more than I, <laughs> more than I don't enjoy their asking me to cut down my lockwood trees. So <laughs> the lockwood trees are currently winning. <laughs> uh, but yes... And I'm going to invite uh, our jam-making friend over so we can make some jam. That's my next plan. So I'm going to retire to Brach and sell jam. I see. (laughs) And record a weekly podcast about tangerines and jam. (laughs) Tangerines. Is that what you're trying to just, like, this is what what you're trying to move the podcast towards now? Yeah, fruit. uh, I know this is supposed to be a grand podcast, but let's try and get a little bit more fruit content in every week. (laughs) A bit more. Different things you can make with (laughs) Lockwoods. Jam, pie. Horrible bitter jam. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be bitter. No. Anyway, I'll let you know. Um, so that, that's that just my happy. experience of that's my experience of homemade jam in my house. It's like mm, some lovely horrible bitter jam. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, my grandpa took jam making very seriously, uh, so we had lots of jam, and it was all good. 
I have to say, no complaints about Grandpa's jam. Okay, that's good. Well, he probably put some sugar in it, enough sugar. Yeah, he did. I think if you're, like, skimping on the sugar, horrible jam. So happiness, it's a constant endeavour. And well, it's, it's, you know, is it a right? That's an interesting question. I don't know. Is it a right to be happy? So, I mean, should anyone feel entitled to happiness? I'm not sure that's necessarily reasonable. But, but, uh, well, it depends on your definition of what happiness is or what's going to make you happy. Because there's that, there's also, I, th- I'm, I think it is in that, I'm shaking my finger at Michael now, <laughs> so I remind oh. myself of something. Hmm. Uh, there is definitely that, that, that uh, study, which may have been in that, um, that Dan Gilbert book, which is about the fact that uh, people uh, are exponentially happier as they earn more, up to a point of about something like $50,000. And then after yeah, that, seventy thousand dollars or fifty-five thousand pounds. And then after that, basically, it you know you can get you have to get a shed load more money to feel any happier, because once you're and yet well it stops being it stops being the thing because like the absence of money can make you unhappy but the presence of more money doesn't necessarily make doesn't happy. add any happiness. No. It's just having enough that you don't have to worry about money yeah. is, is well, that's why yeah. that number is that number. Worrying about money is definitely an un an unhappy making thing yeah that's for a, sure that's another thing that's been bothering me <laughs> like this last so again like having a job lined up it's like okay it's like, money uh, is going to be um, all right relax. you know yeah that's for sure that's the uh yeah. the not no yeah that, i think that's i think i've come to t- so because i freelance i've now freelanced for a few years not that long i freelanced a lot before sort of into my 20s and then I got sick of freelancing and I just wanted a, a proper job to get paid mm. monthly and not have to worry about chasing people for money. I had a few things where people didn't pay me. Uh, mm. And then... Uh, but now I'm kind of more comfortable. I, yeah, I had all these jobs where there's this, this perception of having a full-time job and a perception that you're going to get paid ad infinitum and this job's never going to end, mm. when actually yeah. there are... Though I never got made redundant, or thank, thankfully that never happened to me, but... It is a bit of a perception of safety. Yeah. And actually, you can have that. I can convince myself of that same feeling freelancing. I don't think it's any less mm. secure. Uh, I just don't get paid holidays, uh, which is a bummer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I've, I'm sort of taking a probably permanent position. Um, so I, but I've asked, because just I, I just want to be able to go on holiday without having to feel like I'm missing out on... Like, I'm going to pay for it. You know, yeah, it's going to yeah, be a problem yeah. later. But also, I'm going to, you know, I'm taking some equity in this thing as well. Ooh. So, um, finally doing something a bit more grown up. So that hopefully if I, you know, do some good work, then I will actually, you know, proportionally benefit to some extent. Well, I look, um, for, I look forward to learning more about this thing that you're going to work mm, on. It's to do with blockchains. But it sounds like it might not be bullshit. So <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> very exciting 
I think the uh, well, yeah, I can to, you imagine? Yeah, I need to internalise sort of uh, my my mental model of black blockchain is not not yet there. I don't really. I, I've sort of vaguely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Cast my eyes at it and half listened and not. I've not internalised what it is or what it means. So I feel like that's my. I have a gap in that understanding. So I look forward to you telling me all about it. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna be so fluent. I'm gonna be assuming so much knowledge in any blockchain-related conversation <laughs> now because my understanding will be loads better. It's gonna be beautiful. Happiness. Happiness. There's another book I read. I will insert the title of it here. Making Happy People by Paul Martin. Okay, so that, now that we know the title of it, um, it has three... It says there are three, three aspects to happiness. Um, one is um, the presence of, sort of joy, full things. Another is the absence of pain. And the third is the sort of general kind of feeling of like sort of meaning, like overall, like what, what are your prospects, what's your current sort of wider situation. So if all those, if, if you've got something, um, so they're, they're the sort of three axes, three dimensions of sort of talking about happiness. So is something causing you pain? Is something, you know, is a lack of money causing you problems? Um, then another one is, you know, have I got something in things in my life that bring me joy? And then the other one is, am I, do I have meaning? Do I, you know, am I on the right track? Like more existential uh, concerns that, you know, we all think, think about. Obviously, it's very, hap- very difficult to feel happy if you've got pro- proper problems. I think sometimes I can be a bit... So managing people over the years has taught me to, that just because I don't think what somebody's presenting to me is a problem doesn't mean that they don't feel a great deal of pain mm. and that's something that's sometimes quite tricky or has been quite tricky for me to deal with I was like you know you're that's not a problem you know you choose not knowing which I don't know house to buy of these two or something like that. It's like that's not really a problem that's a good problem to have that's not really something mm. that but I understand that a lot of people it's like when you said doing up a house is very stressful I think you can make it very stressful. I mean, this mm. house was supposed to be ready for us for this Christmas. <laughs> we could have made it into a big problem, but what we did was on our drive over here went, it's a good thing that it's not finished yet because now we can inspect it before it's finished and make sure we can correct any um, misdirection that's happened remotely. That glass is, glass is half, half full. And uh, oh, so, you know, and it's an opportunity for us to chat with the builders face to face and walk around the site. So we're not flying backwards and forwards. We are relying on the internet and the presence of a very reliable cousin of mine to report back on what's happening. Um, mm. So I think that the sort of presence of pain is very difficult uh, and as we've discussed in previous uh, a f- previous podcasts, when we're talking about death in particular, there are some situations that you do have to accept that you cannot fix and you can't improve, and you have to learn to live with those problems because you can't mm. make them go away. 
But in those moments, knowing how to find joy in things is quite useful. And I think that is a skill that you can practice and get better at. Yeah, definitely. That sort of, you know, going for a walk in the sunshine, driving across Europe and looking at all the beautiful views. You know, there, there are there are, you know, however hippie and Pollyanna and naive that sounds, there are some there are some very simple things that you can do to sort of open your eyes and go, Do you know what? That's really beautiful and that is making me feel happy. And, you know, what is wrong with learning how to do that? Um, yeah, just look up sometimes like, instead of kind of like yeah. staring at the ground going, oh, everything's yeah. really stressful. Everything's awful. Oh, woe is me. Mm. I don't know which tiles to choose for my kitchen in my summer house. <laughs> like, oh, dear. Um, so, uh, so yes, that's, what I, that's my Christmas present to everybody. <laughs> look at the sky. Isn't it amazing? Uh, so that's your advice. So if you, if you were to give advice to... Uh, random person how do I be happy how do you be happy it's hard it isn't hard well it shouldn't, it be, it hard. shouldn't be hard it's, it's the, it is that balance of the, the pain and joy and the meaning thing I think the meaning axes of your three three your three legged stool Six. there the meaning bit is the trickiest hmm. uh, I think for many people uh, because we don't always have the luxury. I, I, I see, I consider myself to be in a very luxurious position where I enjoy what I do and I've been doing it for long enough that I can choose between a job that I think has meaning and one that will simply pay the bills. Mm. And I think that's a... But then if meaning's not going to come from your work that you spend lots of time doing, then you have to seek it elsewhere think yes so yeah well or you know um yeah that's tricky and it, uh, yeah hobbies Ho- do you have any hobbies, hobbies. or is everything do you i do, have any does, is everything you do do you do it really seriously or do you have something that you consider a hobby you know i you know because it, it's always been like it, it just felt like it, yeah if i had to say music was a hobby i would just have to just but i don't know like so i did have this yeah a moment a while back where I was like oh I've got I sort of found a part-time working situation I felt like I was doing enough music to not feel guilty about that and I still had a bit of free time and I was like oh I've got time for a hobby <laughs> I could try and come up with a hobby but I don't know I never really um I did a jigsaw this week <laughs> did that was you? quite fun but that was more just because I wanted to like really just not like it's good it sort of it tricks your brain into thinking you're doing something enough that you don't um like it's not boring but it's completely kind of pointless as well so you sort of like it just kind of lets you lets your brain loosen up and i i knew that i was probably going to be working soon so yeah so i quite enjoyed that i think i'd like to i don't know like something like maybe a sort of physical thing i'd quite like to try and do but yeah i'm not really i don't i don't know i don't think i've ever really had any hobbies really i used to play computer games a lot even but then it just felt like time wasting it felt like a you know a big waste of time cooking could you call that like i was doing that for a while like doing fancy like plating up things and making that look nice posting on instagram i was quite don't know, no, is cooking a hobby? Cooking. Is there fancy cooking a hobby? I don't know. I don't know. Like, but I don't know. Like, what is a hobby? Is I don't, it just I don't a, know. 
I don't know. I was just curious because I don't. I was. No, what are your hobbies? I don't really have any. I don't think I have any hobby. You know what you said about things being pointless. I really enjoy doing jigsaws. Do I make time to do <laughs> jigsaws? No, never. It is a pointless activity. <laughs> <laughs> I I can knit. I'm a very capable well. knitter, uh, but I never finish anything because, frankly, once I've worked out the pattern or whatever it is, I have very little interest in finishing the item. I even started a hat oh, for dear. my child eight, three years ago, <laughs> and oh. I chose a bigger pattern because I thought, oh, well, you know, even at my speed, I'll finish it, but I haven't because uh, I bought some circular needles. I hadn't done that before. I was like, oh, that's how you do it. Great. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I don't tend to... Cooking, maybe I do cook... I cook a lot, and I enjoy cooking, and I do like occasionally doing... Fa- you know, I do fancy things, as you put it. But um, but you have to cook anyway to eat, so that's just mm. doing a... Putting more effort or taking more pleasure in an activity that's not pointless. <laughs> that's how I see it. <laughs> trying to work out if this means anything or it says anything about us but for example I much prefer to ride a bike to somewhere to get my exercise than for example go to a gym which is Hmm. doing exercise for the sake of doing exercise which doesn't seem to you know I mean you're not getting anywhere (laughs) I mean I uh I I have never I had never been to a gym in my life really until the middle of this year whereupon I started going to the gym three times a week in the morning and it's this sort of small group personal training thing and it's great I just kind of go in at seven in the morning someone tells me what to do for an hour make sure I don't get lazy helps me learn how to do all the different things because I I was sort of feeling like I was I was doing one kind of um, exercise but I kind of wanted to feel a bit more um, I don't know better about my body I guess and learn how to do that stuff but I mean it, it's point it's it's I, and it doesn't feel pointless at all it feels sort of um I don't know it feels like a really good baseline to start your day to sort of like okay my physical needs are dealt with because when I wasn't doing that I was like running every morning for sort of you know 8 to 10k every morning um which was fine as well but that you know that's again sort of pointless exercise but it's actually quite hard to you know find something you really need to do something strenuous and like riding a bike to work you'll find a way of making that easy on yourself true whereas running it's hard to sort of take a shortcut there and when there's someone sort of saying oh you know chest up you know do 10 more of these it's hard to kind of like because you will find the the path of least resistance when you're on your own like it's just it's just going to happen but this is one aspect of staying happy that we haven't mentioned which is the whole Mm. physically fit thing or doing physical exercise thing definitely is a critical part of my existence (laughs) and my happiness for sure so important um so I do I do Pilates a lot. I've just started this thing called gyrotonic. It's 
sounds painful. It's not. It sounds vibratory. No, 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 no. Gyratory. No, it's not. It's more circular. So it's kind of like a Pilates machine. I don't, I don't think one is supposed to say draw parallels between Pilates and gyrotonic. <laughs> they are very different things. Was it invented by L. Ron Hubbard? <laughs> no, it was not. It was invented by some Hungarian dancer person. So uh, I feel very, uh, it's, it's sort of very strength and movement type exercise. So it feels very good mm. for somebody who's got a dodgy back like what I have. So I see. There you go. That's my little. That's the other thing. Finding joint thing. Yeah. So your three-legged stools missing the exercise leg. And another thing, <laughs> I think we haven't uh, we've we've mentioned but not talked about particularly is meditation itself. That whole kind of act of yeah. sitting, or being in the moment with your thoughts or chasing them away yeah. i find that have you have you dabbled do you meditate yeah yeah i've done a fairly like plenty of meditation um i've uh, i i think one of my first experiences was going to the london buddhist center and i had a really sort of euphoric one there where they did this uh, metta bhavana thing which was all about kind of exuding kind of like goodwill to everyone and and I sort of liked the idea of you know trying to think of the worst people in the world and being able to sort of send them love as well and if I could figure that out then like everything's everything's great and that's that's got a really good um little um may I be well may I be happy may I be free from suffering and may I progress which I think um kind of links in with those three prongs really well so the sort of it's like you can be sort of like free from suffering and sort of um you know fine but i i sort of think that progress that sense of progress is really important and i i don't like the idea of just sort of you know resting on my laurels but then i did the uh the headspace app and i kind of went through all that and I, you know, tweet, tweeted um, the guy when I'd finished it and said, oh, I've finished the app. Can I, will I be able to levitate now? Um, <laughs> did he respond? He did respond with a, something or other. A <laughs> Can positive. you? Yes. I, uh, yes. <laughs> only an image. I had a, a similar euphoric... Uh, similarly euphoric or at least enlightening uh, trip to the Brighton Buddhist Centre. So I have meditated as well, um, not always terrible. You know how people talk about, you know, do you have a practice <laughs> when mm. you talk about meditation? Yeah, I do not, but I um, have variously been quite dedicated. And I went along to Brighton Buddhist Centre, I think it was, and did a loving kindness meditation which was mm. similarly sort of enlightening to me. And then I did one because it made me, it, that whole thing of thinking about somebody who makes you angry and yeah. then understanding. It's, I think it's the same yeah, one. Yeah, it must yeah. be very similar, which is that whole yeah. thing of not be, being able to internalise, not just be told or understand, but actually internalise the idea that them making you angry is you have a choice of how to respond to them. Like you can yeah. control yourself. So that for me was, uh, and then I then I randomly did a very similar one because I, when I used to commute to London, using my uh, a record, in fact a podcast. <laughs> so there's very good. There's a few good meditation podcasts, and mm. 
I think they asked you to think about your pets. And one of the I thought one of these lovely realizations I had is that truly with your pet your love is unconditional because they really they're not having a chat with you they're not you know they're not persuading you of anything they're just this sort of this creature that obviously rewards you in attention and but they're not you know they're not buying you things they're not doing any of these things humans do for you and to you and around you they're just this this creature that is as so I I found that was a very pleasant very enjoyable, not pleasant. Pleasant's far too. Mm. It's like saying it was nice. It was more than nice. It was very. It's a good way to start the day. So yeah, it's something. But it's, you've got to sort of keep it up. I think. Yeah. And I, yeah. I was in. I had one that I was doing every morning for a while, and I kind of dropped off. But I'd sort of made my own little kind of bells in a sort of MP3, and sort of done my own little adaptation of the things that I'd liked from a few different ones, and just sort of keep it to 15 minutes, so I can definitely do it every morning. But I've kind of dropped off on that. But that's that's that that kind of like think about yourself think about someone close to you then sort of think about someone that you kind of see but you don't really know yeah, yeah that one yeah and yeah. then think about like an enemy yeah. sort of person or someone that, and then think about like everyone yeah and i and i think that's quite a nice progression of it of, is you know just to but then i i just always would i'll just always kind of like it'll get to the person that that i um, upset with at the moment I'll be trying to kind of like find some empathy <laughs> but it's always like it's always the same person and I'm just try- I do it, do it every morning but they still wind me up <laughs> <laughs> do you have that thing where you have imaginary conversations with people in your head of course and then, I mean that's in the uh, I'm always amazed at how angry I can get at people when I'm filling in their half of the conversation Yeah, like imagining something and trying to kind of clearly imagine it is almost like creates memories that are almost as good as real, like almost they kind of can be indistinguishable from real memories. So like that's something it's it's a technique you can use, I think. Mm. Actually, I did. um, Someone else told me to do this uh, inner child one where you had to sort of like it's kind of a meditation thing where you had to go and speak to your inner child. it's just a YouTube video, like the YouTube thing where you listen to it. And I thought, okay, I'll try this. And actually, it was kind of, it was kind of amazing going through that as well. Because I was just like, God, if 10-year-old me could see the room I am sitting in right now, he would flip out. <laughs> Look at all this stuff. Like, and how can you sit there being unhappy when there's all of these toys everywhere? Like, I'm surrounded by like, modular synths, the best, like, all the best, like, stuff. Like, it's all around. And, um, I just, you know, that, that child would have been like, get what I'm do anything. You've got a really nice camera. You've got that computer. <laughs> When I was, you know, 13, all I wanted was, well, 12, was all I wanted was a computer to be able to make music, like, you know, do a paper round, save up, like, anyway, yes, so, yes, yeah, the inner child one is worth doing once okay. or twice, even. I haven't done, I've, done, Just, I've only done inner child, spoken yeah. to my inner child in, in therapy sessions. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, but I don't remember it, it being as joyful. 
people who've just got, you know, massive houses and massive bills. And I just, I just don't want that pressure. Yeah, like how, when, what is enough? And then I'm encouraged by like, inter, you know, internet billionaires that have just sort of kind of lived in a big place and then just decided they'd actually much rather live in a more compact space Ooh. and kind of have quite a flex, you know. So, you know, bigger isn't always better. And you can only ever, you know, you can only be one person. You can only live one life. You can't, you can't be in 10 places at once. You can't, if you've got 10, you know, houses across the world and a boat and a, this and that, you can't no. be there. You can't be in all those places at once. So there's, you know, there's a limit to the kind of scope of being an individual human. Like, yeah. even if like you can, you can sort of be rich enough that you take taxis everywhere so that you're not, and you're doing things in the taxis and, you know, you're sort of minimising your downtime by not having to wait for a bus. But there's still, like, there's still a hard limit on how many things you can do at once, um, how many places, how many possessions you can possibly appreciate. And I think I'm certainly beyond that in terms of... I mean, I think for creative stuff, it's, 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 it's useful to be able to reach for the thing you need to do something and not have to go oh god i haven't got one of those so i can't do this idea but um yeah i'm very much yeah like i think i fall, fall into that trap of wanting to be able to be six people you know yeah. live for you know live for 300 years so that i can do six people's worth of stuff five people's worth of stuff i mean i i look at it slightly so um for the listeners <laughs> michael <laughs> is surrounded by gadgets <laughs> So I tools. probably has, he probably does have all the tools he could possibly need. And those that he doesn't, he can make. Um, but especially now that he's found the guy that's got the proper overhead drill, uh, which is exactly. you know, just going to make all That would all be the next level. Would be the, yeah, the workshop would be yeah. the next level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, do, I do want a workshop. I really, really would like a workshop. I'd like a, you know, people, it, it, the shed's always somehow associated with men. No, I want a shed. <laughs> uh, but that's, but, but we, I mean, Nick and I talk about these things. So the, there's an environmental, there is a strong environmental reason to not buy a bunch of shit you do not need. And you're buying it purely to have. And in our house, that is a consideration. Mm. Um, there is also the fact that the bigger the house, the more stuff you need to buy just to fill it. And you can get away with buying. Um, I mean, doing that motorcycle trip taught us a few things. And one of the things it taught us was that you just don't need that much stuff. I don't know if you've been reading uh, Roz's Trexit uh, blog. I just watched the... I haven't read the blog, but I did see the last... Uh, the, the sort of summary. But, and and, and in the summary good, thing, yeah. she talked about the fact that, you know, for, for whatever many months um, walking across Europe, they just had three outfits each or something. And she described it as very wearing. <laughs> and it is. There is a point, you know, because I've often thought about, uh, you know, finding this item of clothing that I like and just buying three of them and just having kind of a, a uniform just to make life simpler. But... Even when I've been trekking in the Himalayas and on a motorcycle trip and all sorts of stuff, my, the first, when I did that Himalayas trip, my mum said, don't forget to just put one nice thing in in case you need your spirits lifted. And it's true. You do have these moments. I think, you know, it's all very well being super minimalist, but there is a moment where you just want to go, do you know what? I cannot wear this black dress one more time. <laughs> so mm. I want something else. So there's, you know, there's a balance. Yeah. But I think this idea that having more things so i buy well it's just it's just a waste of resource well i also was going to say um choice is this like having a little bit of choice is really important but we're in this culture now that says 
like gives us infinite choice all the time and that's another thing that can be shown to lead to a lot of unhappiness if you're feeling you constantly feel like you made the wrong choice um so in a way like it's more it's easier to be happier if choices are made for Mm. you and if you kind of lack certain freedoms and sometimes yeah it's like you sort of envy people that are kind of stuck with their situation because it, it does let you kind of like relax a little bit in ways that you can't when you're constantly sort of second guessing every decision or like having to choose what to wear every morning and having to you know do all these things um it's it's definitely um you know it's this sort of choice paralysis and this sort of like anxiety regrets yeah. that we're all exposed to now well one of my favorite user research interview quotes was uh, a woman yes this is years ago now. She was doing. We were doing testing for a mobile, a broadband provider. I'd shown her two or three different pages, two or three different packages, and I was like, right. So you know, we've spent the last forty-five minutes looking at these different pages. I've heard your feedback, blah blah blah. Now, based on what you've seen today, which package would you choose? She put her head in her hand. And she just went, choice is a terrible thing. <laughs> Another thing I could reference this is about how much less stressful it is if you hand your care to your doctor instead of trying to understand your disease and second guess your doctor. I suppose, I mean, there's yeah. an element of trust in there that, you know, they are going to give you the best um, advice and they are going to give you the best treatment. But ultimately, if you are able to just go, you're the doctor, you tell me what to do. Um, that is a much less stressful situation to be in or takes away one of the major stresses of having some horrible life mm. things. Well, that thing now, they kind of give you this completely arbitrary choices about your own care now. It's like, can you not take responsibility yeah, for anything? Like, I'm not the expert here. Can <laughs> yeah. you please? I don't know. What the hell? Um, yeah. And then you hear... But then I also know people are really, really questioning everything. It's just tricky. But anyway, so, you know, I... I Hmm. Having acceptance yeah, and acceptance not having and choice. Less, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not having too much choice. Having hardly any choice, but having good... A small number of good options yeah. is the ideal situation, I think. And there do not need to be so many different toothpastes. No. No. That's just stupid. It's fucking... It's just... So, do we have some uh, conclusions? Um... I think there's lots of metrics. I think there's lots of ways of thinking about happiness, satisfaction. And is it is it a right? Is it a right? Are people do have people have that was one of the questions. I think the world would be a much better place if everyone was happy. Like yes. If people had the opportunity to be <laughs> happy, true. and I think I would love a system where that basic income, that income level, was just given to everyone. Because I don't see any kind of reason that that wouldn't be possible just make sure everyone's got not money isn't a pain a problem and let them then kind of self-actualize in in whatever whatever way they want um uh, because they don't feel sort of trapped and um because and then and also like um, imagine if you know imagine if donald trump was happy wouldn't that be a better place (laughs) i've managed to not mention him once or brexit yeah no i'm just (laughs) Imagine, yeah, imagine yeah. just if these these people were. And sometimes you're sort of doing your meditation, trying to think of someone like 
let's wish this person love <laughs> because if they were happy it would be fine yeah yeah but it's because it's because they're unhappy that they're trying to fuck things up for everyone yeah, or, miserable you know. people are often the source of a great deal of unhappiness for other people that's a problem so we have a, in fact maybe it's not a right it's a duty a duty, a duty. I like a it duty it's not a right keep yourself happy enough that you're not making other people miserable yeah but that's a trap that's dangerous like I, that's how I that don't, don't do like. you remember did you ever play uh, uh, Paranoia the role playing game no uh, anyway it was basically the the computer took over the world and the computer had been programmed to, ha- to make people happy. And then after the computer took over the world, to be unhappy was treason and you get executed. And that was the game. It was right. a role-play game. Uh, anyway. So, yes, yeah, it it's does, dangerous. It does sort of smack of, like, I've got to put my happy pictures yeah. on Facebook <laughs> and show everyone how happy I am and I'm never... I don't feel like... You get some people that... Because I, I, I'd like... I kind of... If I'm going to post... I don't like you kind of want to re- put something up on Facebook saying you're sad, but then you're like, oh, but anyone's going to always say that you're always sad. And like, I don't know, yeah, like you kind of want is, to present a face. There is a balance and, between know. fucking Stepford wife happy and happy. Because a lot, I, I mean, think, this is, we could go on now for another hour now that you've started on the Facebook <laughs> status. It's like yeah, well. people that look at me with my perfect family and my perfect life and my perfect everything. You're like, well, I just fuck off. if it catches you on the wrong day that is really hard that's not about external signs of happiness that is just not it's about not causing misery not starting Mm. arguments not starting war (laughs) Mm. my advice to someone feeling unhappy is do something for someone else and stop worrying about yourself for a bit and that's as much advice to myself <laughs> as to anyone else. Because, uh, yeah, we're social animals and, like, that really is kind of a huge source of our kind of meaning and happiness is, is our relationships with other people. And if you kind of, like, isolate yourself, then, you know. See, and if you do something nice for the world, the planet, you'll be nice to everybody in one go. Mm-hmm. How about yes. that? Save the world. Yes. <laughs> I'm grateful, Beth. <laughs> This was a podcast. <laughs> this was actually, I'm, I am really jo- enjoying the therapeutic element yeah. of uh, our podcast. Uh, but yes, so this was our weekly podcast. Uh, Thank you very much for listening to our weekly podcast. And if you want to find us on social media, you can, and on the internet, just normally. <laughs> so where can we find you, Ivanka? At, at Ivanka on Twitter. And Ivanka.blog. Are you eating an easy peel on mic? <laughs> They've been outrage. staring at me the whole time. <laughs> I just could not what resist the any longer. Um, you can find me at Michael Forrest on Twitter, and my website is michaelforrestmusic.com. You can find both of us at grandpodcast.com on uh, on the interwebs and on Facebook we're at grand podcast aren't we, um, Are we? yeah I think I think it's at grand 
podcast is Hey Talk To Us, or you just just Google Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. That might work now. I don't know. How much SEO have we done? Yeah. Probably not enough. Um, well, luckily, it's quite a unique pair of words. So as long as you put Michael and Ivanka, you've got a pretty good chance of, uh, of, of finding us. It, yeah, it's Grand Podcast on Facebook. Excellent. And if you want to, you can email us at hello at grandpodcast.com. And we're going to try and like drum up some Patreon support. Um, so for that, go to grandpodcast.com slash pledge. Or if you're feeling fancy, grandpodcast.com slash sledge. Christmassy. Christmassy. <laughs> it's very Christmassy. Um, so thanks, everybody, for listening. And like, do... Um, you know tweet us kind of let us know if you you, you had it gave you any thoughts and like because you know if you start telling us what you think then we can start you know responding responding <laughs> yeah. anything you think we should read watch listen yeah. to that kind of thing things yeah. you disagreed with as i'm sure there will be a multitude especially if you can sort of give us some new stuff to read we'll feed it all back in yeah. we'll make this better <laughs> you know nice one so yeah, thanks for listening very much. Bye. 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 Bye.